Hello, and welcome to another special social distancing episode of TDQ. Today, I'm chatting with Angelica Ritchie, who was supposed to be yesterday's guest on bass. Don't worry, you'll be hearing from her next Monday. I will be releasing her bass episode. But for today, she approached me with a really interesting idea. If you've listened to Angelica's episode of TDQ already, then you know that she does work as a Myers-Briggs type indicator consultant. So she's really familiar with what that means for different personality types. So she offered to do an episode today unpacking how the different Kiersey temperaments stay motivated and can be focused on being productive during this time. When she approached me with this idea, I was absolutely fascinated because this definitely was not something that I had thought of. Of course, so many people are saying, enjoy the gift of this time and be productive and get things done, which is awesome advice and very positive thinking and super cool. But I didn't really think about the fact that everyone's motivated by different things and everyone gets things done in a different way. And so hearing from someone as knowledgeable as Angelica on this topic was something I absolutely could not turn down. So hopefully you'll find today's episode interesting and helpful. And here's Angelica. Hello, Angelica. Thank you so much for doing this today in lieu of your base episode that was supposed to premiere. My pleasure. Happy to help. And also my schedule's pretty open. Fair. Legitimate. Yep. I think that's a pretty uh, relatable sentiment. So today you reached out because you were interested in chatting about how the different Kiersey temperaments might utilize this sort of forced time off to their most productive abilities. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, there's these four big broad stroke temperaments that Kiersey identified that I'm familiar with because they overlap with Myers-Briggs temperaments and types. So I know from my familiarity with these that each of these four big temperaments has things that help them to feel valued and productive and relate to their orientation to time. And the thing that we have so much of right now, it looks like, is about to be time. Yes. Which is not normal for freelancers and multi-hyphenates usually. No. So I was just thinking through for myself what it is that's going to make this time feel well used and also just sort of keep my sanity intact. And I thought that I could probably give a quick overview of this and provide a couple of suggestions for each of the temperaments as to what to do with all of this open time. Yes, I love this so much. This is something I was just talking to Melissa Robinette about that, you know, one thing that comes up actually a lot on TDQ is, you know, people kind of lamenting at how they don't have time for all the things they want to do. How do we find time to have a parallel career? And, you know, it's just kind of crazy now that like, that excuse is gone. We all have, you know, for the most part, a lot of time on our hands right now. And this is really something that I hadn't thought of, of how to be the most productive with this time and how to not have this, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be, you know, in this kind of quarantine, semi-quarantine state. So we don't want to look back at the end of it and wish that we had utilized this time more effectively. So I love this idea because, You know, in most personality quizzes that I've taken, I'm some type of upholder or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the equivalent is. And so for me, I don't necessarily think about 
how to get maximum productivity out of something because I'm typically pretty self-motivated. So this is such great perspective and I'm so grateful to you for offering this. So let's jump in and talk about it because I'm actually not familiar with the Kiersey uh, types. Mm -hmm. So the Kiersey temperaments are four big categories. They are guardians, idealists, artisans, and rationals. So I'm just going to quickly go through each one. The Guardian in Myers-Briggs land have the S and the J present in their code. So the labels that we give people with these personalities, there's four from Myers-Briggs that fall in here. We call them inspector, supervisor, protector, provider. Okay. These are people who value above everything else, stability and security. And their orientation to time is the past or tradition. Mm. So these are people who are looking at what has worked in the past and their general philosophy is if that's working, there is no reason to change it. We say that they protect the process on a team. They're the ones who make sure that, you know, you don't miss a step that's going to cause an entire project to fail. They're really good at crossing T's, dotting I's. Um, And for a guardian, the challenge in this time would be that there's so little structure. Right. And so little precedent. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. There's nothing to reference. Right. And then the next one is the idealist. These are people with the NF Mm -hmm. letters in their code. The individual work labels are foreseer, mentor, advocate, catalyst. And their primary value is relationships. Mm -hmm. They are very concerned with a sense of harmony and community. And their general orientation to time is future-oriented. So we would say sometimes that they have their head in the clouds, but their general world philosophy is that the world can be made a better place and they want to do that in regards to people. So they want to bring people from where they are into a better place for community, harmony, and the relationships that they engage in. Right. And this time might be hard for an idealist because relationships are a little bit distant because we've all been told to socially distance ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also hard to know what the future holds. So it's hard to plan for anything. Yes. And then our next temperament is the artisan. These are people with the S and the P component in their code. We call them the operator, the promoter, the composer, or the performer. And their values are adventure, variety, and spontaneity. Sometimes they say that their orientation to time is the present or now. I think Mm -hmm. it's more clear to say that their orientation to time is right now. Ooh, yeah. These people are so intrigued and enlivened by immediacy They switch gears really quickly. They're the most likely to function as a different temperament because it's the most effective thing. They're sort of opportunistic, not in a smarmy way, just in a sort of fox-like way. Yeah, like a chameleon. Yeah, yes, exactly. And uh, sort of one of the things we say about them is on a team, they either fight fires or they start them if there are not any fires to fight This is sort of, you know, if a guardian is a ready aim fire, uh, an artisan is a fire ready aim kind of person. (laughs) So I think that the struggle in this time period for an artisan is going to be a lack of variety. I think Mm. uh, monotony of being home and not having a lot of external stimuli is going to be potentially an issue for the artisan type. Yeah, that makes sense. And and like right now it's sort of like – in a way, not to sound dramatic, but like the world is on fire. And I, I think there's probably a sense of helplessness with that. 
Mm-hmm. And especially when you're not a healthcare professional, you're not an epidemiologist, like, what are you going to do? Exactly. It's not our professional skill set. Exactly. Yeah. It's frustrating for all of us. Yeah. And then our last types, our last type is our rationals and they have an N and a T in their codes. Mm. They're going by strategist, field marshal, inventor, definer. They really value concepts, ideas, theory. You know, an NF, maybe the worst thing you could say about them is I didn't really think they're that genuine. Mm. That wouldn't bother a rational. The worst thing you could say about a rational would be, I just don't think they're that smart. Uh. These people are very intelligent and they really value their intelligence and they value it in others. So their orientation to time is, I love this. It's infinite. Ooh, yes. <laughs> They're more likely to be like time. What even is time? But a way to mark the breaths of a mortal existence that we can't reckon with. Like yeah. these people are very lost in thought. Yes. Big picture. And, you know, one thing they have in common with the idealist actually is that they're forward thinking, but they're forward thinking in terms of strategy with society, structures, and concepts. Mm -hmm. So they definitely want the future to be better and to work more effectively, but they're not so concerned about the human component. It's not what gets them really lit up. It's more about what are the structures in place and are they working effectively? Right. So I think for a rational right now, there's a big risk of just being under challenged intellectually. Mm. You know, the idea of binging, I'm currently binging uh, the Americans. <laughs> That's oh. what I'm working on. <laughs> but, you know, for a rational, I think binging a TV series is only going to do so much to make them feel like right. themselves. Are you a rational? No, I'm a guardian. I just like think to, oh. to be so nice and orderly. <laughs> yes, I totally get that. I actually get off on binging a series because I feel a sense of accomplishment. True, true. You're like, I watched that whole thing. Check. Yeah. I'm one of those people who, even if I'm so sleepy, I will not turn off an episode until I finish it. Wow. I know. Yeah, I'm definitely not that person. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for kind of setting, laying out that framework for us. So you hinted towards what might be frustrating to these temperaments during this time. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend for really utilizing the things that they're naturally good at to be more productive with this time and really make it worth something? So for the guardians, this is my temperament, my beloved temperament. (laughs) We thrive so much with stability and structure. I am recommending to institute a routine for yourself. Yes. That is, you know, it's going to feel arbitrary, but it will make the day feel, like I said, more ordered. Mm -hmm. So if it's the time you wake up, when you do your exercise, what hours you're blocking off as productivity time and what hours you're blocking off as leisure time. For this temperament specifically, it's really hard to enjoy rest or leisure if you don't feel like you've finished your work. Yeah. And that's not going to go away as an emotional habit just because you don't have as much work. Right. So on days that I have too little scheduled, I'll tell myself, you don't get to watch the episode of whatever you're planning to watch until five o'clock. Right. And what you do before that is sort of flexible, but you're not going to you know, engage in this explicitly 
restful activity until you've done something with the day. And that's my job is to figure out what it is. Yes. And I'm also going to suggest creating really specific measurable projects Mm -hmm. so that you can generate that sense of accomplishment. Because getting to the end of the day with your self-esteem intact for this type is just going to be hard to do if you can't look at the day and identify something you accomplished. So You know, even if that's like cleaning your bathroom Mm -hmm. or organizing the pantry, those kinds of things go a long way for this type to saying, I definitely did something today to look back on that. And if you had to write it down, be able to write something down. Yes. Yeah. What that's bringing up for me is actually something that Josephine Spada mentioned in season one of TDQ, Mm -hmm. which is this concept of a to-did list. Ooh, Yeah. So she, on days where she feels like, oh, I did nothing today. This was such a waste of a day. Like I'm the worst. She'll write down everything that she did in a day. And I also think it's not necessarily something you have to wait until you are feeling, you know, shitty about yourself to start doing. You can do it as you're going through your day with everything that you're doing. And then for this particular temperament, you can look back on something and say, hey, look at all these tangible things that I did today. How awesome is that? That's so great. I love that. I'm going to do that. Yes. Good. I'm glad. Yes. Thanks, Josephine. (laughs) And I think something I'll mention for each of these types too is that as we find things to do with this time and we generate new projects, inevitably collaboration will come up. And each of these types also has a way that they feel most engaged to join a team. Sure. So for someone who is looking to get a guardian on board with their project, Mm -hmm. they really need to know if it's dependable or customary or economical. So being able to lay out sort of the logistics of a project when you're pitching it to someone with this type is going to make them feel more assured that their hard spent time and work will go towards something. Totally, They're not really a, a start a project without finishing it kind of person. So if you can remember that when you're dealing with a guardian you're much more likely to get buy-in from them, which is great because you will get follow-through from this personality type. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Make sure that you're all in before you approach someone with this temperament to kind of co-sign a project with you. Yeah, because if you don't follow through because you're one of the types that prefers to get things started and maybe not finish them, Mm -hmm. it will feel personal to a guardian. And they're not one of the more emotional temperaments. But if they've put their commitment into something and someone else doesn't see it through... That will really damage a friendship if that's where you're coming from when you start a project with them. Yeah, especially at this time where there's not a lot else going on to kind of make up for it. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing else to sort of fill in the gaps. Right. Um, And how about the next temperament? Yeah. So the idealist, remember, these are the ones who are future-oriented, people-oriented, and value relationships. Mm -hmm. My suggestion for these people is to intentionally make one connection daily with someone in your life who has a relationship you value. So whether that's on the phone or a letter, I think that writing letters to your professors Mm. that you maybe haven't talked to in a few years would be a wonderful way to do this. You know, a phone call versus a letter might be better if you're more introverted or extroverted to, you know, consider how much uh, outside energy you're putting in. But it's going to be really important to feel the people connection on that. And my other suggestion is to articulate your inner life in conversation or in a journal for yourself. For these people who so value interpersonal connections, I think it could be really easy to feel not seen. And even if that's by yourself, to feel like you're 
emotional world is just not a priority right now, which, you know, for the CDC, it might not be, but for (laughs) yourself and those who love you, it is. Exactly. Oh, it's so funny that you say this too, because I would definitely identify in this category of humans. Mm -hmm. And before we hopped on this call today, I was actually drafting a reach out to some of my college professors. I was sending them an email. So it's so funny. I was actually, in case this is something that interests anyone else, I was actually reaching out because my university just opted to have the rest of their semester be online courses, Mm. which I'm sure is pretty devastating to a lot of the students, especially, you know, the theater students, it's really hard to do what we do online. And uh, so I was reaching out offering myself as a resource to maybe fill in one of those classes with a Q&A or to do some like guest coaching or whatever might be helpful, because I'm sure it's overwhelming for the professors, especially the less, you know, technology savvy ones and yeah. upsetting and overwhelming for the students as well. So just trying to offer up, you know, while I've got some time and I think it would be really fun and just, you know, a great way to connect. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And so oh, for the idealist too, if you're trying to get Lily in on your project mm-hmm. or someone like her, it's important to lead with how it's good and helpful for people. Yes. The human component is always going to be first for the idealist. So a cool project, if the goal is money or notoriety, those aren't bad things. But for an idealist, knowing what the human impact is going to be will be how they are most engaged. Totally. Yes. That's a great point. Okay. Ready for our artisans? So ready. Okay. These are our fast and furious right now, chameleon jump from one thing to the next and excel. I feel like it it can come off like they are sort of scattered, but they're not. They're really quite effective in the moment. They're natural negotiators. So I'm going to suggest for these people that they make a list of high risk, high reward actions they could take in this time and then do them at random. Ooh, that will satisfy the feeling of spontaneity that's so important to them. So if it's, you know, make a series of note cards, if it's write them on popsicle sticks and put them in a (laughs) jar and draw one at random, I think writing things that sort of make your heart race and then not knowing when you might get them done will fill sort of the adrenaline rush (laughs) these people really thrive on. And then my other suggestion is to find a recipe or like a home decor project that is objectively outside of your knowledge base and attempt it. Oh, wow. Because this personality type does so well under pressure that sort of imposing a too big challenge, I think is going to give them the experience of being under pressure and excelling in that in a way that will really bring that like alive feeling that you would get if you had a job that included more problem solving in the moment. Like people who are great at events and can really work with a client and the chef and all the stuff is going wrong, but they make it Mm -hmm. work. I think finding a way to have that experience at home is going to be really um, self-actualizing for this type. Oh, that's so cool and interesting and not me at all. But if that is you, (laughs) if you are out there listening and that sounds exciting to you, you're amazing. Do it. How exciting. (laughs) Yes. And these people, they want to know if the project you're pitching will work. 
And if it won't, how fast they can fix it. Wow. So needing to feel like they make an immediate impact is critical for these people. Yeah. So don't come to them with your long-term plans or your pie-in-the-sky ideas. But if you've got something that needs to be turned around quick and they can see the impact, they are going to be so keen to get involved and they're going to be amazing. Yeah. And I love that too because – it sounds like they're great people to approach with a specific like quarantine project to be like, I want to do this while we're trapped like this, you know, not something that's like, oh, maybe we could start a podcast together and we'll start it now, but then it will span years of time. It's like, no, something now, something immediate for this specific period of time. Yes. And they have this in common with the rationals. They're Mm -hmm. not so into the details. Like- sure. It's just not that cool to be weighed down by that stuff. <laughs> right. So the the high impact of it, which I think you're right, the natural time crunch of what's going on, especially if you're in New York, if you're yeah. you know in the arts, that's a very real factor for this. Cool. And then how about our rationals? Our rationals. We love our rationals. Yes, we do. So like I said, I think that the risk is just sort of this big understimulation. So my suggestion is to begin learning an entirely new skill, but do it from a book. Oh, interesting. Why a book specifically? Yeah. I think that there is, we know, you know, a coaching relationship or a teaching relationship or YouTube videos provide so much information because you usually have a visual aid, a written aid, an oral aid. Right. These people are really smart and they're able to extrapolate actually a lot of information from just a little bit. And I think that the challenge of going from like a manual or a textbook and then putting it into action is actually the amount of challenge they need. Saying learn a musical instrument, but do it with YouTube videos mm-hmm. is sort of going to be too easy. So, you know, it's sort of like the way people would have learned a hundred years ago, right? Right. But like these people are actually up to that challenge. So it's sort of the hard way out. But I think that that mental stretch is going to be the thing that gives them the appropriate amount of challenge. And then my other suggestion is to take whatever the most like complex, stuck area, sticky area of your life is and disentangle it with a mind map. So get a big, fat, sprawling mind map on this. I love the big post-it notes yes, that are like right. wall charts. Mm-hmm. I mean, like go full, beautiful mind, cover <laughs> your room in them, yes. leave no turned. I think that a process of really pulling that apart is going to be satisfying. And for someone who's, you know, maybe more internal with the way that they mm-hmm. process what's going on, it's going to be a great way to see that you've worked on that rather than just feel like you have, especially if it's a problem that doesn't have actionable steps per se. Right. I think being able to see the work that you've mentally done on it is going to confirm that you've done the work. Yes. Um, and how would someone else go about getting them involved in their project? Mm-hmm. So rationals want to know what the long-term effects of this are going to be. So I mentioned mm-hmm. that they are future thinking in terms of structures and like big societal complex questions. Right. Infinite. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if it's something that might just sort of be a, a one-off thing that doesn't have a long-term impact or doesn't ripple in some way, mm-hmm. it just is not going to feel like a compelling use of their 
big, complicated brains. Yeah. So being able to share with them where you see this going, whether or not they are babysitting it all the way through is going to be something that really appeals to their sense of the infinite. Yes. Ooh, that's interesting. And now I'm plagued with a question I feel like I should have asked at the beginning. If someone is listening to this and thinking, cool, 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 I don't know which type I am, which temperament I am, what do you suggest? Well, I will certainly send you a graphic that has some of the information that I've said laid out on this. Mm -hmm. Usually people can eliminate two pretty quickly. (laughs) Like you said, you're like, that is definitely (laughs) not Yeah. (laughs) So eliminate the two that you definitely are not. Mm-hmm. And then if one of the ones that remain is artisan, I'm going to say that you are probably an artisan. Yeah. They often think they might be something else, but people who are not artisans don't usually think that they are an artisan. Right. So if that's one of your remaining ones, it's probably that too. And then another good question is, when have I felt the least engaged in a project? What was that like? Mm-hmm. And then also sort of removing... Your like I, I said on my TDQ, interest is not accounted for in this. Yes. So if you have an interest in the arts, you might be in a work cycle that has a lot of traits that is not your preference or your personality. Mm-hmm. So I would think of a broad spectrum of things you've been engaged in between school and maybe even like high school, right? When you didn't get to choose your major right? or your day job or when you're on vacation with your family, what are the behaviors that you feel most satisfied by across the board? Try to take it out of when I'm doing a show, I really like this because that's going to be a little less indicative than something that is outside of the things that you're very passionate about. If you can still feel satisfied by certain kinds of work Mm -hmm. that are not your primary interest, that's going to tell you more about what traits that work had. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. I am so glad that you approached me with this idea because this is an element of this whole experience and this whole crazy time in our world that I had not even thought of, which is how to properly capitalize on this time to make sure that we can look back on it as, you know, even though it can be seen for sure as a pause in so many ways for us, looking back on it as a productive and fruitful time. And that's not necessarily easy for everyone. So I'm so glad that you equipped us with some really great ways of thinking about this and some really tangible tools to implement. My pleasure. And thanks for taking on this challenge of serving our community with the pod, Lily. It is absolutely my pleasure. This is the work I love to do. And having the help of awesome changemakers like you makes it extra special and wonderful. So thank you so much, Angelica. Oh, any old time, Lily. So that was a really cool idea, right? I'm so glad that Angelica took the time to offer up this idea and to record this episode with me so that I could share it with you. If you feel like engaging, let me know which temperament you are on Instagram at the dreaded question and let me know which projects you're tackling in this time and how you're going about it. Like I said in the intro, Angelica's episode of Base will be released next Monday, March 23rd, and it actually includes some really brilliant ideas that are perfect for this time where you can really do some reflecting and some unpacking on the work that you seek to do. And come on back tomorrow for yet another special episode in this weird series that I have not yet titled, 
with more thoughts and ideas on how we can stay positive, productive, and proactive in this time. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.